your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, but which Matt am I, Shelby? That's the real <laughs> question. Am I the wrong Matt who's like crazy, but yeah. you invited me on your podcast accidentally because you were texting the wrong person? <laughs> I think that would explain a lot, actually, about the last um, two years we've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the thing that's been missing um yeah that i'll have to check my messages and make sure i'm not some part of some long con of yours but here we are. <sighs> yes we're talking this week about the netflix film starring david spade <laughs> the wrong missy which was number one on netflix yeah. I mean, we were pretty, we were struggling pretty hard to figure out what to watch this week because the only other thing was Scoob, which was out on VOD. I don't really, I've never seen Scooby-Doo. Like, I didn't grow up watching it. I did see the, like, live action one at some point, I think, but otherwise, no attachment to the franchise, I guess, at all. So we figured this might make more sense. But, Matt, I was doing the, like, I don't know, research, I guess. And if if coronavirus hadn't happened, this week would have been just like your favorite week we would have covered the new mutants <laughs> <laughs> i mean th- that would and that would have been the sixth <laughs> week that we were supposedly covering yeah. the new mutants i yeah. whenever that day comes i will be so excited because know. you know we've been waiting for that movie for eons and eons the yeah. cast is all in the nursing home basically at this point it's been so long since shooting well, I mean, we were, I mean, it was set to be released May 15th. And then we thought when it was sort of pulled from the lineup that maybe it would go straight to VOD or streaming because it has been like just delayed, delayed, delayed. But they're holding on to it and they're setting it for a theatrical release in August. So they're still confident that they can squeeze some dollars out of this. And maybe it's true. Maybe this like hype of unhype is really building into quite a, you know, beast of people who just have to see how bad it is or if it's surprisingly good i honestly feel like an august spot this year is just (laughs) what new mutants needs there will be a dearth of things in theaters not that much stuff to see everyone's going to be so stir crazy i feel like if the theaters do open june july by august people will be less worried about going to see stuff this could be the perfect setup for a <laughs> new mutants number one at the box office hall yeah. who knew yeah i know actually what's funny is um this week in theaters was actually going to be quite a few openings there was going to be the sarah paulson horror film run the new saw sort of spinoff called spiral if you oh yeah me to see that and also the woman in the window with the Amy. Adams. Oh, so really that movie was. also got bumped a couple times. This was yeah. really the dumping ground week yeah. for uh, for so all of given, these terrible uh, movies. Given all that, like, which one would you have chosen? Would you have stuck with the New Mutants? You think, or I mean, I would literally have watched all of those <laughs> movies twelve times before watching The Wrong Missy. I can say that yeah. <laughs> with all yeah. of the authority that I have. Truly, a movie that just. Should never have been made. I think that's just what struck me in the first opening scenes to the very last uh, after credit special. So this movie is honestly so baffling to me because number one, I think 
if this doesn't come out in coronavirus, I don't know who watches it because I don't <laughs> think that there's that much time. I feel like this is a prime thing where people wanted a movie to watch this weekend. There was a new movie that was out. It was a comedy. They're like, oh, this is light, fluffy, not too serious, only 90 minutes long. Let me watch this. And they put this movie on. Because honestly, I think that I can say this with all confidence. This is the worst movie that we have watched since I started this podcast. Like, I would rather watch... I would rather watch The Kitchen again before this. I'd rather watch Captive State. I would rather watch Little. I would rather watch, um, I mean, I don't even, Avengers, uh, the whatever the Avengers that I hated was, like anything. (laughs) This was so bad, and it was only 90 minutes, but every single minute felt like a year. You know, it was just so long and arduous and for being funny, supposedly a comedy, I am not sure that I even had the the sight, slightest faint of a smile, not even on my face, but just like in my mind, like nothing was triggered as, oh, this is entertaining yeah. or this is funny. It was just so sad and depressing. <laughs> What's crazy, though, is it has a 34% on rotten tomatoes which seems yeah. surprising very high, high. Yeah. very high yeah and like 84 percent of google users liked this movie i don't know who hurt them and i think it has a 5.8 out of 10 on imdb well this is the weird thing <laughs> is i got a text from a friend pre-watching this movie that was like oh i'm five minutes into watching the wrong missy and i feel like it would be a movie that you would think is funny to me (laughs) which at the time i was like oh okay maybe now looking back i think that's the greatest insult i've ever received in my life um that person hates you but i don't like i understand that different people have different brands of comedy but this i just couldn't figure out like who is laughing at this You know, I guess to set up what the movie is about, David Spade, who is like used to be on SNL, he was on um, that. uh, What was that show? He was on uh, Rules of Engagement for a long time. He's been in a bunch of movies with like Adam Sandler and stuff. Yes. Yes. He is the emperor in the emperor's new group. That's probably his greatest achievement. Um, So he is like a 50 something year old guy looking for a new girlfriend. He goes on a blind date with this woman, Missy, who is psychotic, played by Lauren Lapkus. Like just like I don't even know how you would describe her as a human. She's just so weird. It's well, she's, she's almost so like a non-human. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like no human ever existed like this who can also function as a normal like have a real life you know like these people are committed like this is just so far from reality she's inappropriate she's manic she's (laughs) she supposedly has like 50 different jobs that you know she's always talking about like oh i'm a paramedic i'm a vet i'm a this i'm a that so anyways he goes on this blind date with her he tries to escape the blind date by going to the bathroom and climbing out the window. She crawls under the bathroom stall after him, trying to chase him down. He eventually like falls out the window and um, and gets away. But then later, like weeks later, months later, I don't know, he runs into this woman, a very beautiful woman, in an airport, and they hit it off immediately. Like they have the same book in their bag. Is it just a few days? I think so, because they're talking about the like trip 
I don't know. I think it's either way, <laughs> either way, he hits it off with this woman. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days after that, or maybe a day after that, however long, he has a company retreat that's in Hawaii. So he's like, oh, I'm going to invite this cool girl that I met at the airport to come with me on this Hawaiian work retreat. Mm-hmm. But surprise, he somehow accidentally texts the crazy girl from the restaurant. And so then the entire movie is basically David Spade on this work retreat stuck with this crazy weird girl that he for some reason refuses to tell her (laughs) that she wasn't actually the one that he wanted to bring along with her yeah but i also have to point out that while missy is indeed a insane person david spade is no like spring chicken like he is he's annoying he's he's like really entitled he's judgmental and rude and they have it out for this it's just no one in this is likable, which is fine, I guess. But they're trying to make us like these two main characters who are both really bad people. Like, not only is Missy, like, quirky crazy, she's also rude and, like, and she's insulting. And also, there are just so many weird choices that I was like, how is this being made in 2020? Like, with all of our like political correctness and people trying at least a little bit to make comedy a little smarter, this feels like such a like 2000s comedy that just has a little bit more language in it. I just all the choices in it. I was just like, this is sad. This is a sad, well, sad representation of comedy today. It's a sad movie because it's coming from the well, it's. Adam Sandler's the producer on it. It's coming from Adam Sandler's production company that has this Netflix deal, which has spawned off a bunch of random Adam Sandler movies in the past couple of years. But also, I think Adam Sandler and that group of friends from Grown Ups that's like Mm -hmm. Kevin James and Rob Schneider and David Spade, everyone knows the type of funny that they do. We've seen their good movies. Then they did more bad movies. Now they're at the point where they're like really have nothing new to offer, but like still must continue to work. And Mm -hmm. so I think this production company is basically just like all of them sitting around making more new terrible movies. And you can tell that nobody wants to be in these because there's nobody (laughs) who is notable in the cast aside from david spade it's like him and then a bunch of people you've never seen before oh well i guess there's the there's the girl from scrubs but i haven't seen her in anything in a while either so maybe she's she's in that same there's adam sandler's wife so who's she which one's she she? the barracuda the least talented (laughs) i also think that adam sandler's like children or something is in it because i saw more i saw a a couple sandlers on the uh yeah. on the cast list playing random roles. Yeah, I have issues with Adam Sandler. I think I've talked about it on here. I don't I don't like him. I think he's lazy. I think he gets to play dumb and still makes millions of dollars and it's very irksome to me. And so this movie especially was just like I mean, first of all, it is the whitest movie I have seen in recent years. There is not a single person of color well rob schneider (laughs) is playing something sort of hawaiian yeah yes it takes place on an island and there's not a single hawaiian or native to be seen it's just white people it's just rich white pretty white people and there's also just like no diversity in any sense of it it all just revolves around david spade somehow being like catnip to these pretty young women 
who realistically are in a totally different league than him. Like, I'm sorry. I just, and they make jokes about it or whatever, but it still ends up with like uh, Sarah Chalk and Lauren Lapkus willingly engaging in a threesome with David Spade. Like that's just some white boy fantasy right there. Yeah, that's insane. And also at multiple points in the movie, people make a joke about David Spade's hair, saying (laughs) that it looks like a hairpiece or a wig. But I was never sure if it was actually... Is the character wearing a hairpiece? Like, are we supposed to think that? Or is it just that his hair looks (laughs) like that? I was confused about that joke. It's just the lowest bar a joke can be at. And it's just like... I mean, I I don't... I don't like to look at comedies like, oh, this is so unwoke or whatever. But it's like, this is the worst material I've seen. Like, it featured multiple instances of weirdly ambiguous, like, sexual harassmenty assault moments like he wakes up to her giving her he wakes up to her giving him a hand job on the plane and at first is like I don't want this I don't want this stop but then she doesn't and then it's like there's also a scene where he wakes up to her having sex with him but she's like oh you you invited this because you thought I was a different person and so it's like okay maybe I guess you can excuse this but it was still very uncomfortable to me I was just like it's 2020. Like, how is this getting by on, on, on the screenwriter's table? And the crazy thing is that so she is presented through the first three quarters of the movie <laughs> as like a terrible person that he hates and can't stand. And yet then there's a turn like led on by nothing <laughs> with maybe 20 minutes left in the movie where he's like, oh, actually, maybe I do really like her. So when the good girl from the airport finally shows up in Hawaii, he turns her down to go chase after the crazy girl. And then they end up, like, making out at a restaurant at the end, and that's how the movie ends. And I was like, what did, like, did I miss a scene? Was there, like, an extended version that I missed? Yeah, like, what happened is that she hypnotized his boss so that he could finally get the promotion. And, like, isn't that sweet? Like, isn't that nice behavior, Matt? Wouldn't you be so flattered? This is, this was the only way, looking back on this movie, that I felt like it made sense. I have a theory. (laughs) What if... She hypnotized him and he did not know. (laughs) And so when he falls in love with her, it's actually because she's hypnotized him and not because he's in love with her. And then also I was thinking maybe that's why that other girl decides to join in the threesome with them because she's also (laughs) hypnotized. That's the only way that I can make sense of this movie is that there's like 40 different cast members that are all hypnotized. (laughs) It would have been a dark twist that would have elevated this somewhat, I guess. I mean, it's all jokes that have been done before or just like horribly disgusting jokes that I don't know why these dumb, lazy people like Adam Sandler think are funny. Like there's a bit about her falling off a cliff or vomiting into a shark tank and like there's just or her face planting uh, into the water. Like it's just like there's nothing original or interesting or memorable about this movie. And it's crazy that like that no one had anything to say about that. Like that these people still willingly got involved in this, in this dumpster fire of a film. 
I got really excited when she fell off the cliff because I thought that she was dead. And I was like, thank thank goodness we don't have to deal with her anymore. And I thought, oh, maybe that would be an interesting premise that then, you know, the rest of the time they're having to figure out, like, how they're going to hide the body or something. But no, she just pops up even though she's fallen, like, 10 stories over a cliff. And then she's back and in action again. Well, there's also this weird, like, recurring sort of thing where there's there's meant to be these recurring jokes that are like oh my gosh how funny this came full circle like she's telling fortunes to people really lazily and they are all buying it they all believe her and one of them is like oh you're gonna die on an airplane unless you fly home with me and then at this at this climactic moment where david spade's character is telling the real missy like oh i i'm in love with the other missy i can't i can't be with you and then he's like but she already left this guy pops on and is like wait a second i was supposed to fly with her is this the best that we can do is this really the is this the is this the best that comedy has to offer like does anyone think this is worth anyone's time well the director of the movie i was looking up who all these people it's like the director of the movie had previously directed another david spade movie called father of the year the writers for this movie had directed a david spade adam sandler movie so i think it's just this stable of people these like younger guys who think that adam sandler and david spade are hilarious probably because they grew up watching their movies and are so excited to be working with them that they'll just go along with whatever they want to do i feel like i do feel like i mean maybe we've talked about this before but most comedians i think only have sort of like one style of comedy that they're like really good at and so that's what they do when they become famous so they have like a tv show or a couple of movies that are early on that are so successful because people are like this is the first i've seen of them they're so funny this is hysterical but then you kind of get tired of it and they keep going back to the same well so that if they don't change something up you get really sick of them i mean like this same thing basically happened to melissa mccarthy you know and like or Adam Sandler, um, where they just do the same thing over and over and over again. And then if they're not someone like Steve Carell, who purposefully like pushes and branches out to do very different things, I think that you get sick of them after a while. And then they end up in this boat with David Spade where they can't really do anything. They, they're they like doing voiceover work on random TV shows and movies because that's like basically all that they can get money to do. And then they make these cheap, crappy comedies that nobody likes. Although apparently a lot of people like this one because they watched it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, Adam Sandler, like, I, everyone was always like, well, you don't see his good stuff. You just don't get him. He's so talented. I'm like, well, that doesn't excuse, like, a decades of lazy work to come after that. And I just remember last year when he was in Uncut Gems, he's like, I deserve an Oscar for this. And it's like, yeah, it's a great movie, great performance, congrats. But that doesn't give you an excuse to just churn out this sort of garbage in the meantime and still expect to be taken seriously. Like, I think Adam Sandler is like one bad movie review away from going full like Todd Phillips and and declaring no one can do comedy anymore. No one understands it. And it's just too PC and whatever. When really there's so many good there are so many good comedies out there and like so many fresh comedic voices that it's it's not realistic for these white boys to be like oh people just don't get it like this is peak comedy like look at her she's she's drunk and she's grinding on these guys lol isn't that funny and it's just like what (laughs) who still thinks this is it you know that they've made it you know 
Right. But I mean, that's like Hollywood. You're just full of all of these people who were successful at something at one point and then aren't anymore and are having to figure out like how to deal with that. But they're not able to accept that, like, well, maybe it's just my time to move on. So they have to come up with something. I mean, well, I that's they everybody. Just dig their heels in. It's like, I bet this movie could have been elevated with a single person of color on the writing staff a woman i don't know like anything but this this movie does not pass the bechdel test it doesn't pass any sort of diversity test there's not the everyone's straight everyone's white everyone's pretty everyone's affluent and it's it's central concern is oh is the rich guy gonna get a a promotion or not it just the 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 fact that it went through iterations of script writing presumably is like did none of these people ever watch a movie like since 2009 like are they just stuck in these ruts of comedic ideas it's just try harder you know Mm -hmm. i mean i i do i do on one hand feel though for comedians because i do think you know like there's there's only you're only funny in so many different ways you know what i mean (laughs) like I th- yeah I don't yeah, I don't know I mean, that there's that much else I mean like yes David Spade could get other people to be helping him write these movies and stuff and that I think would be good but I also think that with somebody who is like that he's like he's only good at a certain genre of things and then also when you're that successful at some point in your life whenever you're working on projects and you're like so i have this really great idea for a scene you know that a bunch of people are gonna be like yeah david that's so funny that's hysterical and it's like well maybe it's not um but anyways the most cringy thing i think in the movie which i only discovered afterwards so during the threesome scene there's like a cover of the song my neck my back um that's playing which is sort of like a cringy like weird sexual song to begin with but it is being sung in the movie by rob schneider's daughter can you imagine commissioning your daughter to sing that song that's then going to be played over one of your best friends having a threesome in a film like (laughs) i mean what was like the least funny part of this supposedly funny movie for you like a scene or a character or a moment i mean i found the girlfriend like just i felt anxious like watching her i did not find any of her like weird gimmicks funny because i thought that they were all just so cringy but i'm trying to think of like an actual like joke or something that I thought like that they were trying for that I really I thought, thought was... Rob Schneider's entire part was the weirdest and dumbest part of the movie. Yes. He's the like he's the like shark guy, right? Who has his yes. three fingers well, bitten off by the shark. And, and he's basically playing the same character that Martin Lawrence played in the beach bum. And I was like, <laughs> he's like Martin <laughs> Lawrence is so much funnier. Yeah. They could have, if that's what they were going for, they should have had Martin Lawrence because that was. I mean, it's like the same. It's like the same exact thing that happens. Yeah, I mean, not he really. Has but... This weird accent and he this yes. crazy eye, and it's just like he's clearly trying he's, for something. He's but very just... tan, and it's yeah. sort of like, is this a tan or is this inappropriate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like he's like gar- and he pops up again later in the movie, and it's just like. If you want him to be a major part, then, like, make him more interesting. Make him funnier. I don't know. I I feel like I could have written a better draft of this movie, and I don't think I'm that funny. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, here we are. (laughs) Um, I mean... (laughs) 
do you have anything else to say about this? <laughs> I'm out of things to talk about See, already. If we, if someone had just watched Dead to Me, we could have had a full episode about a really. I funny mean, show, honestly, I think are. the whole time I was watching this, I was like, we could have been watching Scoob. Which, <laughs> granted, then our listeners would have had to spend the twenty dollars or whatever to watch Scoob. So I'm, yeah. I think that probably more of them are watching this. How is this the number one movie? Like that's yeah. how how there's I think so Netflix much. Netflix has to be fudging their numbers sometimes, right? Like it has. But like, like there's other things. <laughs> it's not. It's not like it's not like this was the only thing in the top ten that was a Netflix movie. You know what I mean? Right. Like Dead to Me was a Netflix thing. Like there yeah. was lots of other Netflix properties. I can't imagine that more people were watching this than were watching Riverdale, the new <sighs> season. Yeah. It wasn't. This, I mean, to be honest, are there a lot actually. of secret David Spade, like David Spade fans? <laughs> like, do you know anyone who's like, ah, yes, I knew David Spade movie who's no. under like sixty? I think it's more that it did. Like, it's a comedy. It's you know we're stuck in quarantine. It's new on Netflix, and like, why not? Like, I think people are just their standards are so low right now. Like, look at us, and so I can see why people would tune in and why maybe if you're bored enough that this would be funny i mean rob laughed out loud at times and i tried not to judge him for it but Uh, you know there's things to discuss jupiter ascending is on netflix everyone (laughs) that is two hours of wonder rather than this yeah i mean there's so many like if you think this is good comedy like i just challenge you to watch any other movie like Game night is so much funnier. Book smart, the big sick blockers, blockers. Yeah, like anything. Honestly, anything from the last two years. Good boys looks like the friggin' Mona Lisa in comparison (laughs) to this, and that was like number (laughs) seventy on my rankings last year. We rewatched it, and it was still pretty funny. So you know, there's other choices out there. That's just what I want people to understand. Like. Like, we gave you the highlights. We gave you the, <laughs> the spiel. You don't have to submit yourself to this horrible movie. That's just what I want you to take away from this. Even in a corona pandemic where you're stuck <laughs> at home and this is easily accessible on Netflix, I would still say that this is a never watch movie. <laughs> yeah. This I is not say, a now. This yeah. is not a later. This is a fully avoid at all costs. Yeah. I would say this is uh, if in the future people develop time machines, I would use it to go back and never watch this movie. Like, I would love to get that hour and a half back in my life just somewhere. I would watch uh, any of the true crime documentaries. (laughs) I would watch that show on Quibi where they shoot the food out of a cannon and then have to like rebuild it based on that. Like, I would literally watch anything over this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on. I would probably rather watch Scoob than this or probably anything Matt recommends. Scoob looked fun. Over this. Yeah, Scoob is a movie that existed. And Scoob looks like a children's uh, Scooby-Doo movie, which yeah. was it ever going to be in 90% Rotten Tomatoes? No, but it looked better than this. Yeah. It's and Zac Efron's 50%. in it. I did see that, and that was a tempting note, but... You know, Zach deserves more than just animation, so. Well, yeah, you, you're not yeah. watching Zach for his vocal <laughs> talents. We all know that. Yeah. Well, do you have any uh, rapid-fire questions about this disaster? 
Yes, I do. Um, if you met someone randomly at an airport, <laughs> which book, if they had it in their bag, would you be most attracted to them by? Because <laughs> in this movie, they both have the same James Patterson novel in yeah. their bo- bag, and they're like, <gasps> "Yeah, true, we're in yeah. love." It was just like what was cheapest at the library that day, but. I think I would be impressed if he was <laughs> reading. Um, I mean, something that would really pique my interest is if he was reading uh, this book called Stamped from the Beginning, which is about the uh, origination of racist thought in America and just the definitive oh, wow. history of racism. Oh, my I think gosh. That would, like, I'd be like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, what No, are you that doing? is the type of person you do not want to have a conversation no, with. it's such a good book, and everyone should be required to read it, honestly. That, oh, that just <laughs> signifies, like, okay. What, um, you find it problematic to be aware of racism, Matt? Is that what I'm hearing here? Is, <laughs> you'd rather no. deal with ignorance? Is that an attractive you know, quality to you? Sometimes being like a little like overwoke, I think though, you know, it's like if they're just signifying, like if that's the signifier. Okay, if it turns out he's not reading it and he's using it as sort of a, oh, look at me, then I would be like, never mind, loser. But if he was really reading it, then I would have a lot of, I would, I'd, I'd be into it. But if you're looking for a more fun answer, I guess um, red, white, and royal blue. I don't know. <laughs> I was just because then I was just thinking like, okay, if I met somebody at the airport and they were reading like, um, great I don't know, like War and Peace or something. <laughs> it's like, yes, but also this is like trying very hard. You know, you like love you see the people. Hard. Are you joking? I do, but I like to do it in secret. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then post about it on Instagram. And then You're post right. about it later. I see the nuance there. Yeah, you make a lot. It's of sense. different. It's okay, different. So what somehow. would you like? Like. Uh, Ramona and Beezus or what? Like, what are you looking for? <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. If somebody was if somebody was reading Harriet the Spy, I would one hundred percent be wildly attracted to them. <laughs> okay, they might be underage, but that's fine. Um, okay, here's my question: If James Corden texted you and invited you on a full expense trip to Hawaii, would you go with him? With James Corden? Yeah. <laughs> Would is that like my version of uh of the girlfriend like the person i'd <laughs> yeah. at least like to go on vacation with yeah i mean yes i would 100 percent because he's loaded and <laughs> also i'm sure he's going to be busy doing other things you know what i mean oh i see like no, but he's going with you he wants to spend time with you you have to spend time with james Corden. I think we'd be going to some good restaurants <laughs> like we could go to the beach i think that Thank i would so i think i could endure it Wow. I mean, good. but I would also go to Hawaii with probably just about anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. What like, about Lena Dunham? I mean, even still, like, <laughs> I've never been to Hawaii. I want to go on this vacation. Okay, you know, I'd probably about... go with, like, my cousin's murderer. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. You you have no, there's no one too low for you. And that that's yeah, great. I mean, are there people that you would, you would turn down a Hawaiian vacation with? I mean, a hundred percent. Let's think about it. I, I mean, I would not want to go on a vacation with Adam Sandler. So there's. That. I think he'd be fun on a vacation. <sighs> I just no thanks. I but also... here's the thing: he's like they're so 
rich. It would just be so interesting <laughs> to go on a vacation with that level of wealth. Don't you feel that way? I mean, I mean, I guess to some degree, but like also in for a week, way, it's like you're also probably very limited in what you can do exactly because they're too famous, you know, like maybe not James but, Corden and Adam Sandler, but but it's like. I mean, yeah, if you told me, okay, I have to move in with James Corden for the rest of my life in Hawaii, <laughs> no, I would say I'll stay here. But for like a week or two, I would go yeah. with most anybody on, you know, the weird, like we're doing a helicopter trip, we're hiking up right. a volcano, you know, like we're having like a private sushi chef coming into our house. Like I'm into that. Money talks. Yeah, I hear you. Honestly, it does, you know? <laughs> Me and John Wilkes Booth on our Hawaiian uh, vacation. <laughs> I'm I'm there. Yeah. Um. So, what's your worst date? The worst date that I've ever been on. Yeah. I was gonna ask you this question, but then I knew what you would say, and then I knew that you couldn't say it on air because <laughs> you could get a cease and desist from that yeah. crazy guy. So then I was like, yeah. "Well, I won't ask this question." <laughs> um. You know, honestly, I haven't been on that many bad dates. Um, wow. l- like terrible. Da- I, well, I don't go on that many dates to begin with just because I find them all sort of like tedious for the most part. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I don't really have any good, like that interesting of stories. Um, do you think I'm the people think. you've been on dates with have good stories about I you? doubt <laughs> it because it's pretty, it's pretty uninteresting most of the time. You're like, have you read the latest Stephen King novel? Let me show you what's in my book bag. I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading a treatise on racism. Does yeah. that not turn you on? You're and like, Shelby's at the next table like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You're like, hey, should we go to a triple feature of like weirdly, <laughs> weird um, award winning films that no one actually wants to watch, but I'll buy you popcorn. <laughs> and you're like, you're looking for someone who's like, um, we're going to go chain ourselves to a tree afterwards to protest <laughs> yeah. deforestation. Honestly, what a dream. Um, yeah, no, I've had some bad dates. I feel like every date, except for, like, I feel like the, I feel like I've only had bad dates until I met Rob, you know? Like, I just, uh, yeah, you're lucky you don't have those. But I guess it makes sense, because I think... It's different for guys, though, than girls, I think. Yeah, I think that's another thing that's unrealistic about this Because guys set the terms of the date, usually. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's not usually the girl who makes a bad date. And if it is the girl that makes a bad date in the man's mind, it's usually just in the man's mind. But maybe that's just... sexist of me to assume but i i would argue i have had a lot of bad dates that the guys probably didn't think were bad dates so Uh, proven Mm. by my worst date which ended with a guy so butthurt that i blogged about how bad it was that he threatened me with his family's lawyers so fun story always a good time um how long would you have to date someone before you took them on a work retreat oh that was my question (laughs) I feel like I would not. It would have to be at least six months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even at the least, I, it's like, how much do I care about this person? Because if I really love them, I probably would be like, please. I know we've been married 20 years, but you do not have to come to this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to subject you to this. Um, but that being said, if I found out that the guy I've been dating for two weeks had an all expenses trip to Hawaii and didn't invite me. I'd be like, come on, like, wh- what are you doing? Like, this is a once in a lifetime. Just Wait, so me. you would go? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, first of all, a vacation is a great way to see if you guys are actually compatible. So why not figure it out in Hawaii? You know? I guess that's true. I don't know. All expenses paid, you know? I just wouldn't want to have to deal with them in the context of work, I guess, is my thing. Yeah. No, it's true. It would, I would understand not being invited, but I'd, I'd want to be, and I'd be like, I won't, I won't even introduce myself to your boss. I'll just be in the pool all day. (laughs) Also, like, I mean, I've never been like on a work retreat, you know, where someone (laughs) brings a significant other and, or or a work retreat in general. And also (laughs) I feel like the work events that I like in the offices and stuff that I've been at, there hasn't been someone who's like a chronic significant other bringer Mm. that's not like a long-term relationship but i have this like i guess second cousin or something it's like my mom's cousin's child and growing up we used to have like christmas parties every year that were with my mom's extended family and this one guy every year would bring a different girlfriend to this christmas (laughs) thing and so we'd all have to meet her and the end and like the the guy's parents would be like, oh, yes, like, isn't Ashley great? Like, we like her so much. And, like, the grandparents, it's just this whole charade. And then every <laughs> year it'd be a different person. But no one was ever like, dude, this is, like, the seventh year you've brought a random girl. And we, <laughs> like, like, no one cares to meet her at this point because we don't expect that she'll be here at the next round. <laughs> so that's what I would be terrified to do. It's like if I'm bringing someone on these work retreats, I wouldn't want them to be like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is the fourth like, girl that oh, he's brought again. to, you know, a different work <laughs> retreat. And we all have to pretend that we like her and hang out with her. And then, like, she's gone. Right. That's fair. It's, yeah, it's a delicate balance. I'm, I definitely wouldn't bring someone if... I was in line for a promotion, but I mean, the premise yes. of this movie is that she's so hot and, and, uh, you know, she's so cool that it'll be a good bragging point because men obviously oh, measure yeah. each other off of He'd their be more likely others. to get the promotion if he's yeah. dating a model. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, is that how it works? The, uh, the talented, uh, hardworking, more successful woman employee is struggling because her husband has a lazy eye or something. Yeah, but she's very attractive. So it's th- <laughs> yeah, that feels like Yeah. I'm confused. It's a yeah. Dumb like movie. is that a thing that <laughs> happens to women where they're judged on their husband's appearance? I feel like that's not a thing, <laughs> but maybe it is. Um mm-hmm. my last question is because they call this woman the Barracuda. Um if you, your coworkers gave you an animal nickname based mm. on your work in the office, what would it be? Mm. Mm. <sighs> Um, I don't know, I guess. I, I'm i trying to think realistically of how I present myself at the job. And I guess I would be like the... I'm trying to think of like the right dog breed. You know, like I'm... I want to be a corgi. You're but like a I dog? think I'm like more quiet and reserved at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dogs you aren't know, quiet so and like reserved. The, That's like a cat. Like the, some are... Oh, I'm not a cat. I would never. Yeah, I think you're cat. You're not a dog. Dogs are like, dogs are you know like going up to people. Fun. I don't. I'm skeptical. Hashtag not all dogs. Like the dolphin. Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like the defining trait at all of my offices is just the amount that I eat. So I think that I would be some kind of you know like pig or something probably. That is so <laughs> hurtful to imagine people calling you like 
I mean, it's a good, it's a, it's honestly like a, it's a fine trait to have around the office of being known as the person who's like always down to like split a, (laughs) you know, bag of chips. Like that's not a trait that I foster it. I, I tend to it by, you know, making sure that I always, you know, go for that extra piece of pizza. Wow. Well, I'm happy for you then. So, so you are a reserved dog. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe like, like an spaniel. old dog. Yeah. <laughs> like a near dead dog. Like a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That or like, um, I don't know. I, I just, all the animals or like I a love, cat. I don't really like identify with. <laughs> well, well, we're not saying what's your favorite animal, Shelby. Know, we're saying which animal would think, your coworkers think that you are. Yeah. Maybe a snake. Oh, yeah. Maybe like a. Yeah. A scorpion, just like <laughs> no. always on the attack, like might take you out at any no, moment. I don't think so. Maybe like maybe a, like um like a like a like a like a sheep. Getting all the kind of kind of dumb, <laughs> just sort of like wanders around, doesn't really know what's going on. Mean. <laughs> no, you want to end on calling me dumb to my face? <laughs> well, technically, it's it's over yeah. to your voice, <laughs> right. but you You're know, right. yeah. Um. Okay, well, I feel like we have stretched this episode as long as we can humanly stretch it. <laughs> 42 minutes, it's but it's about yeah. it's like a while. Yeah. Um, we should have just that, issued an apology and been like, there's no point to this episode this week. Truly. <laughs> truly. I mean, Don't but here's the thing. We're going to have to go on and do a um, a podcast apology. We're not allowed to uh, <laughs> type an apology because the problems that we made were through a podcast. Yeah. Well, then and the apology this, has this to work, match the format. This, yeah. Or, uh, mm-hmm. Please accept our deepest apologies. For deepest condolences. To this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do we know what we're doing next week? Yeah. We're Love finally birds. getting a theatrical Love release. Uh, I know. Uh, the Lovebirds, which was meant for It better be good. And is now on Netflix. So it's definitely better than The Wrong Missy, but hopefully surprisingly great. So I'm yes. excited. Uh, Although the fact that they dumped it on Netflix makes me no, a little skeptical, they did but it because they were like, "Wow, they just sat through the wrong Missy. Let's give them something like a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>